Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. The challenge of the crown is that it is tangible. It is a physical reminder of the position. It is why Say Lady Whistledown circulates her pamphlets instead of trading in whispered rumor. A whisper is relevant for only as long as it is spoken, but a paper represents more. Its physical form grants permanence. The same cannot be said of true love, of course. It changes. It forgets. It forces you to remember who you once were. And it forces you to choose how you will live with it again and again. How does one make that choice? That I cannot dictate. I am your queen, but I suppose even I must recognize the importance of each person deciding what to do in the face of true love. Everyone deserves to make that choice, just as everyone deserves to feel its power. But one must know, it is the hardest and greatest choice one can ever make. From Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to Bridgerton with Mary and Blake. It's a podcast dedicated to Bridgerton on Netflix. So sit back, relax, and let's get ready to spill the tea. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. My name's Mary Larson. My name is Blake. And finally, finally... We get some real choices mm. here, some real honest to God choices. Yes. And that is that only bodes well. It only bodes well for this episode and it only bodes well for the rest of this season. What do you think, Matt? Oh, totally agree. This train is choo choo chewing along and I am here for it. We got a lot of questions about this episode in terms of like the the narrative of it and the 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 choices that were made to build up, I think, to this point. Okay, but what well, I think I want to I want to ask you those is you know when we get into the rest of this episode and All we right. get into the whole thing. But I will say off the jump, loved it, loved it. Was a big fan. That's that. Agreed. <laughs> Solid. As always, friends, we want to remind you to hit that subscribe button to our podcast in your podcatcher app. If you just found us by by chance and you haven't hit that subscribe button, it goes a long way, of course. And you can find us on all sorts of social media. We're really active mostly on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. Just search Mary and Blake. You'll find us there. You can even head to maryandblake.com to see all of the different podcasts and blogs that we do. And last but not least, we want to thank our friends at jointhenerdclan.com for making all of this possible. Truly, without your support, we would not be able to do what we do. All right? It's it's true. And I want to thank a recent review on um on on Apple Podcasts. Yes. We want to thank <clears throat> Hot Bitch 326 <laughs> who wrote love this podcast. I have binge-watched both seasons and I started listening to your podcast of Bridgerton just within the last month. I'm already through season 1 on episode 4 of season 2 and I love it. I love the way you guys rate and talk about the episodes and the fact that I've already seen it makes it that much better because when I hear you talk about things I'm like, "Oh yeah, I remember that." Or, "Nope, that's not what happens." It's great. Thank you so much for doing an amazing podcast. Oh, and by the way, we were supposed to do a giveaway, Mary. Um, remember when we? I was like, oh, remember we were talking about MJ Lover and um, how she was. Uh, she did a review for us, and I was like, oh, the next five people that do reviews are going to get something free from the Mary and Blake store. No, oh, yeah, but yeah, I do, yeah. I do, and we did. I picked it out just at random. It was just you know, I I put it in like I picked uh, the numbers one through five, and I put it in our little dice roller app, and the number five came up, and the fifth review is one two three four five a burgess 68 uh it says one couple to unite all of my fandoms Aww. 
So a Burgess 68, please send us an email as soon as you get, as soon as you hear this. And when you get that email, I mean, when you send that email, I'll hook you up with something free from the Mary and Blake store. And that'll be that. And I do want to point out, we did have a negative review. Mm. on Apple Podcasts that I just want to address. By oh, SW. I love being reviews. I know you do. It always hurts my heart. Um, so people do know we read these. We do read them. Um, SW Viewer writes, lost their steam. Okay. Due to other circumstances and priorities, this podcast appears to have lost its steam and is irregular in delivery and losing its relevance. Relevance. Netflix released season two episodes in March 2022. And I wanted to read this one in particular because I know many of you have been sitting here probably thinking the same thing like mary and blake where have you been Mm -hmm. what's been going on it is august and you're getting (laughs) on to episode six and for that i want to do a couple of things i if you haven't listened to blake's episode of this is us two i don't know what it was i think it was the hill the hill that would be it would make it was sense. a personal story yes um if you haven't listened to that and i know it's a different podcast um but that will explain a lot a lot of what has happened to our family over the last year mm-hmm. um and it has greatly impacted us in many many ways so we've been having um just to be transparent a lot of emotional um and mental health issues and then that is then coupled with the fact that I do still have severe long COVID. Yes. And when I have my flare ups, it takes me out for days. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've been wanting to podcast about this episode for quite some time for now. The past four and days. <laughs> I am no joke laying down with heat packs and ice packs on my face and on my head. Um, and sometimes the only energy that I can do is to be a good mom. And my priority in my life, first and foremost, is my family. So if I only have enough energy to be a good mom and wife, and that is my accomplishment that day that I was present for them and that I was able to smile at them and I can't end up podcasting that day because I feel so ill, that is my priority. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do apologize for people who feel like we've lost our steam. The good news is, is that our children are going back to school. very soon and not soon enough (laughs) with that i will be able to have more rest i take care of the kids all like 24 7 and so i'm at work yeah so it takes a lot out of me and um so just know that it is mostly my fault um because i have been tremendously ill and you know what too mary you referenced that episode that i did for this is us and it's not this is i mean it is it, it's roots are in this is us, but it's so, but if you haven't watched it, it don't worry about it. Like, it's not like, Oh, this is that. And this is that. And this is how it relates to me. It, no, it's really a personal thing, a personal like. story of mine that explains a lot. And what I'll do is I will actually put the link into of that show in the show notes for this episode. Mm-hmm. So if you are interested in listening to it, and if you have not yet listened to it, I think it, you know, it will help shed some light on a lot of different things. Yeah. And, you know, you'll see why in March we couldn't do this podcast. And not only that, I mean, everything that, we, everything that we podcast about essentially came out in March. It was, this is us, Outlander, Bridgerton, The Last Kingdom, all of it. It all came out in March. In early and, spring, yeah. And we just, we had to make choices and we had to choose, okay, we're going to do the shows that are on television at this moment. And we had COVID in February. Yeah. So like, it is what it is. And I'm not making excuses. No, but I just wanted to address that because I do appreciate those of you who are listening in the present time. I know that there's people in the future who are like, I don't care. I'm fast forwarding. You fast forward, baby. You fast yeah, forward. All you want. That's but, fine. Um, I just wanted to give a heads up. Yep. So that's that. All right. Enough of us, Marvin. Well, I mean, well, it is our show. So, <laughs> okay. you know, if you want to, if you, if you have enough of us, oh, well. But uh, yeah, let's get into the rest of this episode, shall we? Yes. Let's do it. All right, Marvin, this episode was entitled The Choice. It is The Choice. And that is important. It is important because, yes, as I noted at the beginning of our, of our, the top of our episode, rather, there is a choice here and mm-hmm. it is Edwina's. And I could, I, I think that is the absolute right choice for this episode to make. It was directed once again by Tom Verica, an all around all star of all, of all Shondaland media. He has directed episodes Shock and Delight, Art of the Swoon, and the last episode, Unthinkable Fate. And the writer writer was Lulu Ibakwe. 
This is their only credit uh, for Bridgerton, The Choice. That is it. Awesome. So Well done. What do you have for a little recap, Mary? Okay, so the recap, just to remind you this, of course, is The Choice. And preparations are underway for Anthony and Edwina. They're getting married, even though... Uh, you know, we've got we we know the inside scoop, my friend. So it's happening at the palace. It's kind of gotten um, hastened. Make haste, if you may, because <laughs> Anthony just wants to hurry up and get this done with. But at the wedding, of course, Kate and Anthony lock and eyes a little too much and edwina picks up on something that should have been very obvious to her a long time ago but sadly didn't didn't work so edwina calls off the wedding i mean she runs out goodbye everybody watches queen gets pissed because <laughs> what did she spend all this money for um daphne knows the truth of course because daphne saw anthony and kate being way too close and she tries to tell anthony what's going on the whole bridgerton clan is is up in up in arms what's going on they know that that daphne knows mm-hmm. queen charlotte thinks that she's figured out who lady whistledown is the um Featheringtons are now shelling out their faux rubies left and right. (laughs) And Kate and Anthony end in a delectable makeout session in a church, no doubt. Well done. Well done. All I could think of in this episode was Runaway Bride. Mm -hmm. Just Julia Roberts. Yeah. Wearing the shoes, running away. And Eloise gets butterflies. Oh. And Tommy, a.k.a. books handed to her. <laughs> There's my little recap. All right, what do you got for your GBG? You're good. Oh, no, I'm sorry. How many, what do you got for your cups of tea? Oh, rating? I'm giving it another five. I love this episode so much. So it's a straight up five. Baby. Yeah, I, I'm in that ballpark, Mary. I'm going to give this a 491. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. And I enjoyed it quite a bit. Okay. There are some things that like, you know, in particular, the Eloise stuff, I just don't care. And I, well, look at me. I'm like, she's butterflies and you don't care. I'll say, I'll save my bads for my bad. Okay. Okay. But you're GBG, you're good, you're bad, and you're great. Oh my gosh. My good is just this outrageous wedding. I wish I could have been a guest. (laughs) <laughs> and not even that an actual wedding happened. They still got their cake. Oh, yeah. They still got it. They still got to look at the peacocks. Yeah, they still got a fireworks show. Ain't no I reason mean, why to not have cake. I I loved that wedding. Do you think Mr. Brooks was just sitting at the cake station just waiting for it to be cut? Was he invited? Was the cake connoisseur? Well, I mean, of course. He, I hope he was. The guy The guy helped out with the rings. You, yeah. you got to invite the guy yeah, that helps you're out right. with the rings. You're right. Oh, he probably was the one that said, could you please slice it? We're it's, hungry. I bet you it's part of his contract. Like, if I fix your ring for you, I'm going to the wedding for the cake. Yes. If I don't have the cake. I may need to be at the cake tasting. <laughs> I don't want no regular wedding cake. No. You know, if we're going to do, we're going to infuse some strawberries, maybe have some whipped cream oh in between gosh. the layers. Love it. Oh, just. Love it. Love it. All right, I think, my I think ba- his favorite cake is Chantilly Lace. I'm just throwing that out there. Hey, just like me. My bad. <laughs> Is Cousin Jack okay. trying to get all like with mm. Portia? I mean, like straight up, I am. He reminds me of Flynn Rider from Rapunzel Tangled movie, like giving her the the smolder. It, his smolder is nowhere near it's as Flynn Rider. It's not Rider's. at all Eugene worthy. Eugene's like, Flynn's real name. He, he, but yes. He, Cousin Jack is a freaking nerd boy. That's what he, he's like a little nerd boy. Cousin Jack reminds me of that guy from the Headless Horseman. What's that guy's name? Ichabod Crane. Ichabod Crane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's more Ichabod Crane than Flynn Rider. Why do you say, like, the cartoon version or Johnny Depp version? Cartoon version. Okay, all right. Yeah. Um, So my bad is just like, stop hitting on your fiance's mom, who's also like kind of your cousin from Boston. (laughs) What are we doing? Okay. And then my great is the makeup session in church. Oh yeah, well, how how could it not be exactly the, the I mean, end? Forget about goodbye. It. Like wow. Yep. Seriously. How about you? All right, my good. I have a tie. Um, first, it is the use of the mirrors and how they're reflecting the character choices for Anthony and Sharma Sharma and Edwina. If you notice, when Sharma Sharma is in the is in the uh, the little closet. Mm-hmm. Off in the corner, there is a ref- uh, a mirror reflecting her her image, uh, and it's it's this beautiful you know like top shot of of Shama Shama just sitting on the floor, but you get a chance to actually see her, and then there is there there the, the use of mirrors are, continues with Edwina, and when they're all in the same room together, 
and how that is reflecting all of their choices, how it is reflecting the actual nature of these real characters, mm. not the facade that they're putting up. They're finally seeing all of themselves for who they really are in the mirror as they are. Such a cool visual choice. Like Agreed. I just, I loved that. And then the, the other good that I have is the contrasting camera work between Anthony and his brothers, as well as Edwina and her mom and Sharma Sharma as they're getting ready for the wedding. Like Edwina and Sharma Sharma and her mom, they're, you know, they're putting like the, the spices on Edwina. Mm-hmm. And I don't know the name of it, so I know you're probably sitting there screaming Hold at your on, radio. I'll find out. You know, I'm sorry, it is what it is. But they're putting it on her, and then they're putting it all over each other. But the camera is very steady, and it is it is very focused, and it is it is extremely like just put together. Like it it is just very calming and uh, a very good anchor. Mm. Whereas when all the brothers are together, cameras all over the place, and it is extremely uneasy. And that is because Anthony himself is uneasy. And when they're all drinking together, it's very, it's just very frenetic, zooming in and out. And, uh, the, the, it's handheld. We're bumping up and down. Like just, you can just tell the unease of the situation. And that is a great story, visual storytelling device to give you a real sense of what these characters are going through without having to say it. Mm -hmm. So that is that. Do you get the, uh, do you get the name of it yet? No, No? I haven't yet. I'm trying. My bad. My bad is like, I'm having a hard time caring about Lady Whistledown. And the Queen's search for Lady Whistledown. It all just seems kind of stupid. I got it. What is it? So it's called a haldi or pity, hopefully I said it correctly, ceremony. <laughs> Guaranteed you did not. Probably not, exactly. <laughs> but it's a holy ritual done prior to weddings in many Indian cultures. So uh, during the ceremony, the haldi, which is the Indian word for turmeric, it's mixed together with rose water and gram flour. Okay. And then friends and family smear the paste over the bride and groom to bless the union. And that's why um, Edwina probably said like, oh, it's too bad Anthony's not here or what's he yeah. doing yeah. or whatever. Um when applied to the skin, Haldi is believed to cleanse the body by keeping evil spirits away. And then the women wear yellow for this scene because that's associated with happiness and new beginnings. So frequently in Hindu weddings, um, yellow along with red are considered the colors most conductive to a successful union. Oh, so very nice. it's a pretty neat thing that they did that. Um, and it's just another way to bestow blessings upon the married couple. Got it. Got it. All right. So back to my bad. Yes. I'm just having a hard time caring about the whole Lady Whistledown. It just seems frivolous. And like, I know that's actually what it is. It is frivolous. You know, it's, it's the whims of the queen and the queen is like dealing with all these things. Well, I'd say but, it's frivolous because it hasn't affected the characters that we care about yet. Correct. But after this, I mean, I mean, after this wedding, I'm sure that oh, it's going to be oh. a whole, a whole deal, but it it's even more frivolous when, because it comes right after this meaningful scene between the king and the queen and how Edwina, you know, goes around that situation Mm -hmm. to help the queen out. And then we're like, we're diving right back into Lady Whistler. Like, I don't know. It just seems, it seems odd to me uh, to end on the note that this episode did, given Mm -hmm. the, the, the weight of okay. what is going on. Okay. Uh, with that said, I also feel like we're getting a lot of repetitive stuff from Eloise and Benedict and the Queen. And as much as I loved the the scene between the Queen and King and the King George, it's the same kind of scene that we had last season. See, I think the Eloise stuff is very different. This is her coming of age. She does have a crush. She is making her own way. So I don't think it's repetitive. Okay, fair enough. And then my great, of course, (coughs) is the wedding. And the wedding itself is one of the most beautifully constructed scenes this show has done Mm -hmm. on many different levels particularly when the bangles fall and mm. when you note that Anthony is picking the bangles up and it, the way that the, the 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 shot is framed it's over the veil Can't that even handle that that Edwina is wearing like her veil separates them right and just think of it and think of the veil that she has been covered that's basically mm-hmm. been covering her eyes this mm-hmm. entire time right oh yes like there's this whole thing and of course, 
Mary, you know, you know, you know, I love when shows get weird. I love when yes, shows get do. weird. Give me the vision of Kate in the dress as Anthony is envisioning getting himself married to yeah. Kate and there, he's blocking everything out and you're seeing this whole thing. Yes, 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 yes. Let's <laughs> get weird. I love it. I love when stuff like this happens. It's big. It's flashy. It is in your face and I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. And I know I know that I, I'm contradicting myself in a lot of ways when I say like I don't like these things that are in your face. But mm-hmm. in this particular case, by God, does it work. And yeah. does it work so well? Uh, and the the music and the framing and the coloring and the lighting and uh, j- just Kate playing with the bangle because it's her mother's and it, it, that was what she's supposed to be wearing. And she, she's with the person that she's going to be spend the rest of her life with. And he's getting married to Edwina and like and the thing freaking fall and uh, oh yeah yeah uh, i forget about the it the jeweler needs to fix that class like no 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 only if there's cake be- <laughs> <laughs> so that whole scene just it just made my experience for this whole season yeah i i couldn't get enough of that so that is that Mavi, are you ready for the music that oh, was used sure in this am. episode sure am. okay here we go All right, so I'm gonna kill the I'm gonna kill these words, and I know I know I'm gonna, and I don't mean to. Okay. But so just please excuse my pronunciation. I think you're fine time. with this. It's kabi kushi kabi gum. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and I, I could be wrong, but this is the uh, this is playing when uh, Anthony and, and the Sharma sisters and their mother are getting ready in the, for the holiday c- ceremony, and uh, this is the you know the, which is the traditional beginning of Hindu wedding rituals. I just said booby trap. <laughs> I know. This song actually is the title track of the Bollywood blockbuster of the same name, Kabi Kushi Kabi Gum, and that was released in 2001. And it is um, really nice that they're able to have this kind of representation in this show. Mm. Uh, and again, I love that this show just doesn't care what you think. Like, it does not, like, it's going to do what it thinks it's right. I think also it just. The, the show challenges us. It's not just, I don't care what you think, but let me challenge you and let me challenge what you, what you may presume the music to be in a point like Well, that's this. what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I, like it, It's going to do what it knows it's right, and it doesn't care if you like it or if you don't know what it is. Mm. It's going to do it. Mm. And like the same thing with the, char- like the, the casting and the costumes and you know, all this. It just doesn't care. Yeah. I love that this show wants to do what it wants to do. Mm-hmm. So that was co- that is covered by Chris Bowers, who is the composer of Bridgerton. And then we have the next one. This is uh, played. Oh, well, you know what? It's played during Edwina and Anthony's wedding. Love it. And, oh, it's Sign of the Times by Harry Styles. So we're getting beyond Mary, the the Zennial X and older millennial. See, I disagree. Really? I still disagree. Come on, Harry Styles hasn't been around that long. Yes, he has. There's no way. Yes. Maybe I'm just old and I think Harry Styles is still new. Yeah. But like, he ain't, he ain't been around that long. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Hold on. What generation is Harry Styles? Um. Oh. They think, hold on, I'm going to find out because I will tell you, the people who listen to Harry Styles are millennials. Yeah, but when was Harry Styles' first big album? That's what I'm getting at. Give me a moment. Talk about this song a little bit. All right, hold on. Like, But either way, this was uh, arranged and played by Steve Horner. And like I said, this was played during uh, Edwina and Anthony's wedding as they're all moving up, you know, to, you know, do the whole ceremony and, and getting ready for it uh and just really cool stuff man like oh oops, sorry i messed that up um really nice song and it felt right for the ceremony mm-hmm. so what do you got so he is technically a millennial um gen y or millennials were born between 1981 and 1994 slash six there's a little discussion 
okay. between the four slash six year. Uh, they are currently between 25 and 40 years old. Okay, so are you saying that, well, I, well ultimately, what are you trying to tell me here? That they think Gen Z was born 1997 and up. Right, so... So Harry Styles is technically a millennial, I, uh, and I will tell you that of his listeners, it's millennials. All right, fair enough, fair enough. All right, so so that is that. And then we have the final song, which is arranged by Duomo, and it is this. What About Us by Pink, which I can definitely tell you falls within the category that we've been yes. talking about af- episode after episode, Mary, the... Gen X, it, I would say this is a zenial, millennial, more yes. feel to it. Uh, but you're right. I think it's, we're still continuing the trend, to be honest, Mary, of people our age. Yes. Uh, and that is that. I, I, I think <laughs> that we're, we're still on that way. Um, I'm not a huge pink guy. I believe that. I, I just think it's kind of like faux tough. I don't know. Like, I, I'm all for, I like, I really love, like, Women who like are, are tough and want to do like rock and music, like but, who Blake? I don't know exactly. Like Janis Joplin, you know, or like Joan Jett. Like that is like tough girl music. That they, they don't mess around. Pink? I don't think Pink messes around, man. I think she's been through. I stuff. think piss, Pink, piss. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> I think Pink is a Joan Jett wannabe. That's what I'm gonna. That's what I'm trying to say. Sure. And uh, I don't know, but you know what? I like the song. I like the inclusion. Mm-hmm. And I like the What About Us because, you know, the whole thing after, you know, uh, when, everyone's, when everyone's heading home, waiting for the ceremony uh, after the ceremony is, you know, restarting and the mm-hmm. whole thing. Um, I really like this because there's, there's these great moments when the music stops and like there are these pauses that you're waiting for our characters to speak. And it just it just works in such great tandem uh, with what they're trying to accomplish visually and, and audibly. And of course, like I said, this was arranged by Duomo. Uh, what about us? By the the faux Joan Jet. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I will stand up for Pink. Give me Stevie Nicks any day. I'm I'm here for Pink. <laughs> I am. I'm here for her. All right, fair enough. But I do I like this song. So that is that. <sighs> That's the music we awesome. got, Mary. All I right. dig it. So here's the question I have for you. Oh, I love questions. Uh, and it, this is this. We, I think there, internally, I'm having a debate hmm. on what we're trying to accomplish with this season. And I feel like there's a lot happening for a lot of characters. Correct. And... I, the sh- ultimately, the season is about Kate and Anthony. Yes. yes, but we're spending a lot of time with Eloise and Theo Sharp. With spending a lot of time with Edwina, to be honest, uh, and Penelope and and Colin, like the whole thing. It feels to me like this season isn't necessarily about Kate and Anthony, but it's more of a backdoor pilot for everybody else. That just happens to be riding on the back of Kate and Anthony. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Of I completely that? disagree, and I feel like if you went back and rewatched season one, you'd see it's called Bridgerton for a fact. It's not called Anthony. It's not called Daphne. It's called Bridgerton. So it's about the Bridgerton family, and I think Lady Whistledown had a much bigger presence in season one than it has so far in season two. I think we had a lot of time with the other siblings. Think about how much sex we saw Anthony have in season one. A lot. Okay, and it wasn't necessarily like his season um, in the show, so I don't think it's necessarily any different. I do take this show as Bridgerton. I almost take this show as London. You know, I want to know about everybody, and I don't think that we've spent an absorbent amount of time with Eloise, I will say that the Lady Whistledown drama is about to get interesting because the Queen thinks it's now Eloise. Yeah, and of course, then we're going to have an issue too of what does Lady Whistledown write about all of this nonsense? Like, what happens? Like, we don't know what's going to happen. Exactly. Like, it's Penelope. We know it's Penelope. And now Penelope... 
is she gonna write like the Bridgertons are her closest family friends yeah is she gonna you know, do them dirty? what is she gonna write about this plus you know the queen dropped all these different little rumors so and we inherently care about Penelope we do yes it's Anthony's season but we care about her yes so it's just gonna be interesting to see how she goes through this precarious uh, situation I love that Anthony um, Anthony has has spent his entire life protecting this whole family. So I think out of all the seasons for us to be able to shine a light on all of the other family members, it would be Anthony's season. You know, I, I love getting a little insight into Violet. I love getting a little insight into all these other people. Do some of them bore me right now? Yes. But when you think of Anthony as the figurehead of this family, that he has to take all of their needs and considerations into play. Mm-hmm. You know, if he ever finds out that Eloise has been doing this with Theo, that's going to affect Anthony. Um, he has to say to his younger brothers, you're lucky. You can go do art. You can go travel the world. You don't have to produce an heir. Like, he is the reason his family gets to do whatever the heck they want to mm-hmm. do. And he says that to Daphne. Your one job was to get married. And lucky for you, you married a duke. Like, mission accomplished. Yep. I have to k- take care of this whole family. And the woman I choose for my wife, as Violet, Lady Dam- uh, Lady Bridgerton says, will, will be the woman of the house from now on. Mm-hmm. So Anthony's season to me, I'm fine having all these other storylines because he is in charge of the entire Bridgerton family. That makes sense to me. And I've, and I'm not saying I agree with all of this. I'm just, I'm, I'm asking the question because I'm, I'm desperate to know your answer to it. Like I, I want to, I can't wait to hear your thoughts on this and on the question I just asked, but also this one too, which is the Edwina stuff. I, I think there is a sentiment that I've seen, you know, just basically online and, you know, throughout the interwebs that perhaps we're spending too much time on Edwina. Because again, this episode, this series or the season rather, it is Kate and Anthony focused. Why are we wasting time trying to get characterization from Edwina when she serves as nothing more than an obstacle really between Kate and Anthony? Well, I think it goes back to the family thing. You know, Bridgerton's on close on family. And if... If all goes according to plan, Kate and Anthony are going to end up together at the end of this season, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't think Edwina is going to go and be a governess in India. I think Edwina might stay around. Yeah, because, well, I mean, really, she kind of has to. Yeah, and she just had this awesome heart-to-heart with the queen. It was super nice to the king. Right, so you know the queen's probably going to take care of her yeah. in some, some sort of way. So I don't think Edwina is going away. I'm okay with her character development. Yeah, and here's what I'll say, too, about that, Mary. And by the way, I wholeheartedly disagree with the sentiment. I, I think it is a wrong sentiment. And I think... Mine? If, no, no, no. Uh, the one that I out, oh. uh, that, that I laid out for you. Like, we're wasting time with Edwina. I, I wholeheartedly disagree with it because if Edwina was just merely an obstacle then there is no choice. Yes. Right? There's there's not a choice to be made. If if something is, again, I've said this now millions of times, it's basically a Mary and Blake commandment. A choice is when you have two legitimate paths. Mm-hmm. Both have great things and both have bad things. And then there is an obstacle in between. And you have to go around that obstacle to, to have, and then that choice really is something that you have to decide. Okay, like, this is great, but it kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. And on the other side, this kind of sucks, but this is great too. What am I going to do? Because if there isn't one that is equally weighed on either side, it's not a real choice. Agreed. You're always going to choose the good thing. If something is wholly good, you will always choose that. If something is wholly bad, you will never choose that. So in order to give this choice right that not only anthony has to make but kate has to make and also what edwina has to make you have to invest in edwina's character you have to invest in what she wants who she is because if you don't you won't get any of the weight of that decision because she'll just be a thing that can be tossed aside well and you know let's be real edwina's pretty basic you know she's just like this sweet, lovely, pretty much perfect woman, right? Uh, Young woman, mm. teenager, like just very, she hasn't done anything wrong. 
I would say by the end of this episode, she is not that anymore. Okay, but I'm saying previous to that, you know, sure. she's obviously like a late teenager. Yes. Um, Very trusting. Yes. So if you were to meet this late teenager, say she was your kid's, you know, date to prom, you'd probably be like, score. She's awesome. A yeah. student, wicked nice, mm -hmm. has great manners, has a big heart. So I know that we may look at her and be like, oh, you're not complex. <laughs> you don't have all this like strife and all this drama about you. But I think that her purity is the conflict for us. You know, if she had moments prior to this episode of outbursts, of being uh, seen as selfish as anything we'd be like whatever kate go bang anthony mm -hmm. you know your sister is a rude little pompous princess but she hasn't been and that's what i'm getting yes at. like if because if you don't invest in that if you don't invest in kate i'm sorry in edwina actually being a nice person who wants the right thing and exclaims her love albeit naive but in a way that in a way that kind of sheds light on who she is and He's you can't young. you can't help but root for a person like that because I remember in the beginning of the season I was saying, Mary, I, I don't know, like what's going to happen when all this goes down? Mm -hmm. Like you're setting a timer to it. It's just a matter of time before Kate and Anthony do their thing. Mm -hmm. And how is that going to affect Edwina? If she was a character like Prudence, or she was a um, a character like oh the girl that looks like Alien, um, oh the Cowper girl, Cressida, Cressida. You'd be like, dude, whatever. Like, you yes, suck. Yes. I don't, I don't care about you. And it's not that you don't care about, Ed, uh, that you super care about Edwina, but she's a good kid. You want to, you want to know what I wanted Kate to say so badly to her? What? When she's like, Kate, ah, you loved him forever. Ah, I saw the way you looked at him. I wanted Kate to say, Edwina, I told you flat out that Anthony said, I don't want to marry for love. Yes. Like, I literally told you that a couple months ago at the first ball when I overheard him. Yeah. And I made you leave early. I said, Anthony said he doesn't care about love in his marriage. So why now, the day of your wedding, you're like, Anthony needs to love me if I'm going to marry him. <laughs> when I told you that's not his priority. And he never once has ever said, I love you. Right. Right. And speaking of somebody who has some some harsh words. We're talking about Daphne here. And again, oh, I, I have to say this. Harsh. Well, a little I did. Well, it's a little hot. This is the something that Mary pocket. would do. This is, this is a Mary. When, when Daphne walks into this room and starts spouting <laughs> off, I'm like, dude, this is Mary. Like Mary would have done this 100% guaranteed. <laughs> um, what do you mean I would have done that? You would have done this. You would have said the same exact words and we pity you and the whole thing. Like, and you're just going in there trying to set, set them straight. And yeah. like, I just... That's a guarantee. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if nobody else is going to do it, I'll do it. <laughs> and it has to be said, and it has to be said that 10 minutes before his wedding, like, no, it doesn't need to be said. Shut up. <laughs> I would have totally done it. Of course that. you would have done it. <laughs> That's all I could think of when I'm watching Daphne. I just, uh. I just see, I just see this little girl with like Mary's shadow <laughs> over her. <laughs> Like, like Mary was like Venom, you know, inside Eddie Brock Please. making, ma no, inside Eddie Brock making Eddie Brock do things. I don't know. Oh, okay. You know, right. you know, the character Venom from the movie. From no. the, okay. Whatevs. But you Marvel nerds will get that. Okay. Um, that's all I could think of. Okay. And. So there are people like Daphne friends. <laughs> so <laughs> that isn't to say though, that she's not right. Right. It, it, that isn't to say that she can't invoke. I didn't their... love the pity part because I felt like she was connecting with Anthony so well. And then it just became a dig. We pity you. Okay. Yeah, that might be true, but I don't think Daphne's got the GBG sandwich down. <laughs> okay. Like we pity you, but that's because we understand the weight. Like she left she on the into, B. Yeah, she left you know, on the you B. Ne you never leave on the B. Listen, it's a GBG for a reason because that's how <laughs> it 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 it's nicer and it sinks in better. You know, when she was talking about you've changed ever since Dad died and you don't laugh anymore and all this stuff. My God, it was hitting home so much. And if she had said that, you know, we pity you because I want to see your laughter come back and I've seen you laugh with Kate. Like, like, just bring a little something. Give me, give me something. <sighs> Daphne. See, yes, I would have said it, but I would have made it a GBG. Uh, yes. 
and again, I will say this most underrated relationship in all of this show, Daphne and Anthony, and the way that those two can talk about stuff to each other for the very fact that Daphne did see Anthony when he, the way that he was prior to the father's death mm. and after the father's death and what that all meant, right? For Anthony, because you get the sense that Anthony loves Benedict and Colin, but he almost is their father in a, in a way yes. and cannot have that style relationship with them. The way that Daphne can call out Anthony and vice versa. Right. And it, again, it all goes back to that milk scene, um, you know, back in season one, that scene does a lot of heavy lifting for this relationship and what that means for the two of them. And because of that, I can get why Daphne feels the need and feels as though she has the authority to walk in there outside of her being a duchess or what, whatever. She feels she has the authority to walk in there and tell Anthony, dude, what are you doing? Yep. And guess what? She ain't wrong. Not wrong, right? Correct. Yeah. I mean, so I don't know. I just, I love that moment. I think it's great. Harsh words, but definitely worth it for the characters. But I do feel bad for Anthony. You feel bad for him in what way? Just this weight that he has plopped upon himself and he just feels like nobody else gets it. Yeah, but isn't he doing that to himself? Like, yes, isn't that part but, of it? But nobody else gets it and nobody else gives him other options. You know, like his mom kind of tries a little bit like you can do it for love. Okay, mom, but like how? How? And why does he feel this need to have an... Uh, a, you know, a wife now and an heir now. Like, I wish that I understood why his timetable is the way that it is. Mm -hmm. Is it society pressure that by a certain age to be of nobility, you should be married at a certain time? Um, you know, is, you know, does, what is the situation with the heir? Like, what is the standard? Because I don't feel like Anthony would have just willy nilly made it for himself. Mm -hmm. I feel like he would have been like, okay, these are the guidelines. Like, this is what's proper in our society and for our family to maintain, you know, the credibility. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I just feel bad. There's another scene that happens with Lady Bridgerton and speaking of Daphne, with Daphne, when Lady Bridgerton, when Violet's like, listen, I know you're a duchess, but I'm still your mother. I know you know something after all the stuff goes down at the yes. wedding. <laughs> right? This, yes. There's this, again, I know we're speaking from our perspective here, this ma literally magic moment. Like, <laughs> seriously magical that just happened between Kate and Anthony. The whole thing goes down and Wiener runs out and she, and, and Violet says, I'm your mother. I know, you know something you're going to tell me what happened again. Once, once again, I felt like all I saw was Violet's mouth moving, but I heard Mary's voice. <laughs> it's like when my kids say, mom, I don't need to pee. And I'm like, I can tell you can. And you're going to have an emergency in five minutes. No, no. Sure enough. Oh, my God. I go pee. I told you. How did you know? I'm your mother. That's what I know. I know your little Blake movement. Blake said he doesn't even know. There's like a little movement that I see in well, I, I know. Daughter. I know in our son, but yeah. I don't know for our daughter. And our daughter. And I was like, Blake, it's just a mom thing. I got this. <laughs> and of course, of course, Daphne does have to spill the tea. That's her. That's she's a duchess, but she's still the kid. Yeah, but also at this point, like, you know, whatever, like, yeah, the wedding's over, off. He's <laughs> <laughs> talking a little bit about the Dowager Lady Bridgerton. When she and Lady Danbury are looking from the windows below at the cake, Mr. Brooks, the oh, peacocks, yeah, yeah, yeah. post-fireworks, all that stuff. And um, Oh, when those fireworks went off? Yeah. Brutal. But I just loved, I audibly gasped when those fireworks went off. You know, Lady Danbury's upset. Obviously, Lady Bridgerton's upset. They do, she doesn't know what's going on. Lady Danbury is just mortified because now the queen is mad at her and blaming her for this. And they've got these couple of moments of awkwardness. And then just, just laughing together. Yeah. How ridiculous this is. And I love that their friendship can still carry them through such an awkward terrible moment that is really could potentially change the trajectory for both families yeah i mean huge yeah. move here and i like how lady damer is just like 
I don't know what to do. I'm done. Yeah. I, I don't know. And they both start laughing, as you said, as, as how, you know, stupid this situation is and how they've gotten themselves into this situation. And they haven't even gotten themselves in this situation. The kids have. Speaking of kids, I just love that Eloise leaves the wedding during cake time. She, she probably got the memo that it's okay to leave when they cut the cake. Yeah. She was like, check done and, <laughs> and and lady bridgerton doesn't even notice that one of her kids is missing at her son's wedding <laughs> doesn't even notice because eloise uh, isn't in that room is she when they go in and they're like anthony what's going on maybe eloise was there i don't remember seeing her but she's gone man she goes off to see theo and uh nobody really notices except the queen's henchman uh yes that's and again we then we get into the whole plot mechanics of the lady whistle. We'll skip thing. that part. I know that you're upset with it. Oh, it's not that I'm upset with it. It's just like it just. Can feels... we get into one of my favorite favorite families then? Sure. What do you got? Featherington. Oh yeah, of let's, course. Let's come and play. All, All right, right. What do you got? I first off, can we just give major props to Prudence, who is always there for our comedic enjoyment? <laughs> Copying the the, the, statue. the statue, the golden statue. You know, just completely out in public. Just don't care. <laughs> oh, how do you do this? Okay. I I just absolutely think she's a hoot. She's obviously been her mom's puppet her entire life. But my goodness gracious, watching that woman brings me so much joy. And then, of course, we've got, uh, you know, Cousin Jack trying to make deals on these rubies and amethyst and all this other kind of stuff. And... Lady Bridgerton is uh, Lady Lady Featherington saying, "Oh my gosh, we've got a captive audience. Mm-hmm. Let's make this happen." And then he starts his little flirtation stuff. So I'm just here for it because I got to tell you, once he looked at her that way, I did too. I don't know if they put a little extra glow on her, but she went from like mom to milf. Oh, I see what you're saying. In that scene, in that like indoor scene where they're, you know, hey, they shouldn't be together, but he's hitting on her. Mm -hmm. They gave either it was just her acting or it was like her pheromones. But something happened where I was like, dang, Lady Featherington, you're hot. (laughs) Like she still wants to get it done. Uh, Maybe not by him, but he made her feel. Well, she needs to get it in a little bit. I don't blame her. She just, she suddenly was like, oh my gosh. You could see the, the, um, uh, like that that look the the whew, look. She, she listened to the bodyguard soundtrack with Will <laughs> Houston I'm every woman <laughs> just felt it man all time one of the greatest uh, uh, soundtracks oh, soundtrack. oh hands down ever hands down I would I'm say at least queen of the night I would say top five agreed top five agreed guaranteed hands down uh, it's just oh my girl Whitney oh, yeah. my girl oh, Whitney yeah. just kills it oh, <laughs> I mean, if you have, I mean, when you when you got this, and like, Featherington went home, put on leather, danced to <laughs> Queen of the Night, put on a wig, yeah, <laughs> and you know that she got walked in by her handmaid, Queen of the Night, and she was night. like, "Oh, it's a Whitney night again." I'm glad, <laughs> glad to hear that you were hit on. <laughs> Put on leather. Yep. She, do you think she has a little altar to somebody? No. To- <laughs> no. <sighs> oh, man. Okay. The king. Uh, all right. Yeah. All right. Oh. So here's the deal with the king. I mean, that should have been one of my goods. That scene oh. really is great. Uh, and again, it shows how vulnerable... Uh, the, the king is oh. and the and the queen is mm-hmm. and their relationship that she still truly does because you can get lost in the queen mm-hmm. and the persona that she's putting out um, because she is this woman that like is in charge and she's got all the things and she's making the decisions and you you forget that there is the king that, that she was married and, and still is and that she still is a human right mm-hmm. and when you have that scene and then you couple that with how she compares and contrasts the love against the weight of the crown and what that means for Edwina, you get a real sense of what it is for the queen to be human and making mm-hmm. these choices, which again is why I kind of go back to the ending 
of where she of where they're like we know who lady whistledown is like we just had this great hum, human moment for the queen and then we're going we're at the end of the episode we're going back to it I don't, you, don't you feel like it does it a little love bit it so much so i have high functioning anxiety and a lot of people um, that I know have high functioning anxiety and depression. And a lot of them are performers by nature. And when you are a performer via your hobbies, your profession, or just in, in, in you, it actually <laughs> is to your detriment because, um, you almost overact. Okay. And mm. you, um, overindulge in other hobbies or things to, um, distract you. And Lady Whistledown has been a very fulfilling distraction for the queen. She's able to delve into this. I mean, think about it. Think about how many of us have gotten super into a hobby, super into... Like unhealthily? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, uh, you know, or um, uh, fandoms or um, exercise. Exercise is good, but sometimes it can be a little like... This yeah. is all you're doing. And it's because it dis- you're using it without maybe even knowing it as a distraction from a pain point. And Fair. I think that the queen has been putting on this huge facade to hide her pain points. And that Lady Whistledown um, and the papes, the newsies and the papes, um, <laughs> have been her escapism from how sad she is about her husband. Yeah. And the fact that Edwina can go ahead and, and, and soothe that tension and what that scene is Mm. because it's not just about the queen in that scene, right? Like the King walks in and the queen is like stunned and it's in front of of all these people. Mm -hmm. And he's thinking that they are about to get married. Like, and then the queen does what a queen would do. All right, get him out of here. And you can see the struggle that he puts up as the guards are starting to take him back. And think of this. This is the king of England, mm-hmm. the most powerful country on the planet at mm-hmm. this point. And he's in his pajamas, wearing this coat, seeing the fireworks, thinking he's getting married oh. in front of all these people. And he's getting carted away by guards. Like, how awful mm-hmm. is that for the queen? And again, I, I, I have to go back and say it's a, it's a matter of humanity. And the fact that Edwina can can step in, it sh- it shows the kind of person that she is. That in the face of all of this, she can still find her own um, her own magic to her own naivete mm-hmm. is what informs her wise action. Oddly enough, and what I love too is that we do get some somewhat. Uh, rough moments with Edwina in this episode. We get her saying, half-sister! You know, we get some yes. cruelty um, and some could see it as blindness and selfishness. Now, granted, this was all in the heat of the moment. So if you're sitting there saying like, ew, Edwina, how dare she be so rude? Her do- her sister, you know, sacrificed her whole life. This literally just happens, okay? Sometimes right. we don't have the best reactions in the moment. Mm-hmm. So I'm giving her that. But what I love about it is we have this foil of this moment with the king. So even if you were mad at Edwina, disappointed in Edwina for how she reacts towards Kate or how she reacts towards Anthony. The part with the king, I think, is supposed to remind us of her sweetness. But here's the other side of all of that, which is, does Kate and Anthony, do they deserve that kind of treatment from Edwina? Yeah. In the moment, yeah. I kind of think so, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it kind of sucks to to go from being like, oh, we're sisters to like, nah, half-sister. Yeah. Like you're, you're taking that dig, but heat of the moment, man, from how Kate and Anthony, and I know, and that's why it has been so important that the two, as of this moment, not consummate their Mm -hmm. relationship in any way, Mm -hmm. kissing, full out, blown out sex, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's important that they don't do it. It's important that they have done the right thing this entire time. Yes. Because they can convince themselves that they've done the right thing, mm-hmm. even though it's kind of ugly. Agreed. Um, and it's important that we don't get that moment until after mm-hmm. Edwina has made her choice. And that in and of itself, I think, is the most important part of this whole season, which is it was Edwina's choice to not 
marry Anthony. Yes. Not the other way around. It wasn't something like she found out that, you know, they, you know, Kate and Anthony were off having sex somewhere, whatever. Like nothing happened. Mm -hmm. It still wasn't great, Bob, but nothing happened. And what Anthony represents to Edwina is a life of, I, not that I love you, but as Anthony says, I understand you. And your sister is the thorn of the, on the blossoming flower mm. of our life, which will go away Ugh. once she's back in India. And we all know that is not sustainable. No. We all know that it's not going to work. And we all know, again, Mary, as you said, the fact that we had that scene of the king stumbling into the room and the queen then telling Edwina about true love and what that means. And every woman and every person on this planet deserves to feel that. Mm-hmm. Edwina understands finally that Anthony just isn't that for her. Mm-hmm. So she makes that choice. And there is oh, this great moment when Edwina says that she adopted Kate's feelings and dreams and plans as her own. But today she's finally going to reclaim her own time and her own power. And as she says to Kate, that is victory enough for me. And how many of us have had that moment? And and that's why it's so important Mm -hmm. that we invest in Edwina. Mm -hmm. It's so important that we get the time with her because that decision is hers. It's nobody else's. Mm -hmm. And it needs to be that. And we don't get the weight of that decision unless we spend that time with her. And yes, Mary, you're right. How many how many people have made that kind of decision about their from their parents? Like, think about your parents' expectations, what you were going to be when you grew up, where you were going to go to college, what kind of uh, person you were going to marry, what kind of sports team you might be on. You know, all of these expectations that were frequently given from elders in our lives. You know, whether they're elder siblings or family members or friends, these expectations that we've had from them, mm-hmm. and that we do and we get like great feelings in ourselves because we're making them proud because we're following the dreams they made for us luckily that wasn't my life (laughs) i've been a rebel for quite some time unfortunately it's been my life yes but like think about that like you would feel emotionally rewarded when you did things that your dad had planned for you that your dad had set for you as goals you know you would take it as like yes i've done it and when you finally decided to break free it was big and it was bombastic and um but yet you had that moment. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So I think that is a is an earned moment. I think that it is I think the emotional math, as Mary and Blake Commandment always states, the emotional math has to add up. I think that it does. Mm-hmm. I think each character made the choice that was befitting of them. Especially after all the said and done, although when when Kate goes into the closet <laughs> And she runs out and Anthony follows her in. She's like, this is my place. This is my sanctuary. This is my sanctuary. He's like, a closet? (laughs) It was good enough for me. You know, like- Didn't have you in it. Oh, so great. And, you know, again, even even in that moment where the the characters are making choices that I think are befitting of them, Anthony's saying, I'm not, please stay. Mm -hmm. Kate's leaving, the whole thing. But it really finally culminates at the end when they're both in the church and finally they kiss and the whole thing. Oh, so good. And I know that we've all been waiting for this moment for the two of them to kiss. Sure and we've all been waiting for this thing to happen. Yay, it happens. But it doesn't mean anything without this one line. Okay. Which is this. Kate saying she had the courage to act. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Nina. Anthony says she had the courage to act on what she sensed between us. And here we are standing perfectly still, having felt it for months. Mm-hmm. Um, that is perfect because it leads to Kate saying, I don't want to go out. I don't want to leave this church. I don't want to leave this church. That is what sells this moment because these two people have taken their life and dedicated it to their duties for their mm-hmm. family mm-hmm. and they failed. Yep. They have utterly failed. They think they've failed. Well, they have in a sense that now their families are kind of screwed and we don't know what the repercussions are going to be, mm-hmm. 
And there's this moment that they try to suspend this moment in time. They try to suspend it so that they don't face the consequences of what they've done, but they can live in the moment of what they are doing. Mm-hmm. And have you ever, do you remember the movie Spanglish? I didn't watch it. It's an Adam Sandler movie with Paz Vega. And this moment reminded me of a moment in that movie where, you know, Adam Sandler's married to, t- to, to Tia, Tia Leone and they have this family and they're rich and whatever. And he's a cook and Paz Vega is their cleaner or something like that. I can't remember. But Tia Leone is, is cheating on Adam Sandler with uh, some guy, some real estate agent. And Paz Vega and Adam Sandler like start developing this relationship and they're in his restaurant and he's cooking for her and you can see that they're both kind of in love with each other okay and they're both sitting on top uh, they're both sitting on top of like a like a counter or something and they're speaking to each other and they're in Paz Vegas says I have to go like we can't do this and he's like no 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 I don't want to leave I, I, I just I want to stay here because when I get off of this and my feet touch the ground mm-hmm. It's all over. And can we just stay here for like five more minutes? And Spanglish, a movie in and of itself, isn't like this great movie. But Mm -hmm. that scene always stuck out to me. Mm -hmm. Because you've I know we've all had that moment where we want to spread it as long and, and suspend it for as long as we can. And for these two to to do that and for the show to comment on their relationship in that manner i just think it's such a smart commentary yeah about their feelings their responsibilities the reaction to the plot what these two characters would choose to do i think it wraps up this whole thing perfectly well up to this point like i don't want to leave because if they leave, they have to face the reality of their failure. Mm-hmm. And and then she says goodbye and then they kiss and, and you know, great. You know, like, yeah. I, I just, I love that moment between the so two. Good. <laughs> oddly <laughs> enough, oddly enough, this feel, kind of feels to me like a season finale. Would you agree? Oh, Yeah. With the way that it ends. And- or like a mid-season finale. Like this would be like what would happen before they break for Christmas and then it comes back, you know, mid-January. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that too. It feels that way. Yeah. Le- I know this. it's all kind of all for naught, but let's just say for the sake of argument, this was the season finale. Let's just say that it was. Would you be pleased? Yeah. I think I would too. Yep. I, I would. Yeah. Because it would give us enough momentum. It would. It would clear all the lines for the season. For the most part, and would give us enough momentum going into the next season. But I think because this, you know, it's you know, it's a serialized season, like season by season. So, like as you know, it's it's almost in, in a, an anthology feel for each particular season. Um, we're gonna have to keep going. We're going to yes. have to keep going. So we'll we'll go from there. All right, Marvin, you got anything else? Yeah, for I just this need to say, I know that you're hating on Eloise, so I'm here for the Eloise love. When she goes and says, you know, uh, when I read books, I have thoughts and I want to share those <laughs> thoughts with you. And I didn't know if you sometimes have thoughts where you might want to share those thoughts with me. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it, loved it, loved it. I will agree with that. And then he walks in, comes back out with books. And says, I've been saving these for you. Oh! Oh, yeah. I'm here for it. I totally agree. I'm here for it, Theo. As a book lover myself, sold it. When she was trying to describe the fact that she likes him with the thoughts yes. and the book, like, I will agree that was written very well. Yes. And it, written in a way that felt natural to that character. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Still out on it. I know you the are. One so, thing, hey, I don't need to hear any more hate, okay? The one thing I am in on oh. is the fact that. There's no lies between Penelope and Eloise. That's not going to bode well. And the fact that the queen has now decided she knows who Lady Whistledown is, and that is actually Eloise. This does not bode, especially now considering the fact that the wedding that the queen put on is now done. What that means for 
the Bridgertons in terms of the oh. ton, but also in terms of the queen oh. and how that is going to relate to why the queen thinks Eloise is, is Lady Whistledown. Oh, you know, it's so crazy because the queen had this whole Not plan great, of like Bob. putting out all of these falsities to catch Lady Whistledown. Mm-hmm. And before even a paper is written, just because the guy watches Eloise leave, you know, that's what they use. Yep. It's not even the false rumors or anything. Like, they don't even wait to see it. It's just, oh, Eloise left. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. that's it. She's it. Uh, I would <clears throat> say that the wedding scene has now taken over my top spot for oh, my favorite scene in okay. this whole show. From the, if you, you it, it takes the spot from the, you couldn't, do you think that's far enough scene? Ooh. You're the bane of my existence scene. Okay. That what that held the top spot for for a good couple of days. Mm. But now this now this one I think is is where it's at. The wedding scene is just it's written and shot and composed and uh and blocked and lit. It is the culmination I think of this whole season so far. Yeah. I look forward to seeing what happens after this. And what this all means for Edwina and how, like, the fact of the matter is, we're only on episode six. We got, we still got two episodes left. Love it. How, in God's name, are these families going to maneuver around each other? And if anybody can do it, Violet can do it. I, with, with Lady Danbury's help. Yes. Yeah. I totally agree. All right. Anything else for this episode, my love? That's it. All right. That's it. That's what I got, too. Let's close it out. Yeah, you do, girl. Okay, if you thought that you were getting out of this episode without getting Queen of the Night and some Whitney, you got some problems. Hold on, here it is. Let it let's let it ride. So freaking good. I'm telling you, if you have lost your mojo, you need to put this on, dim the lights, throw on a little perfume. And you get down with yourself, my friend. Okay? Just go do your best Porsche Featherington impression. Fan that bo- fan that bosom. Get some leather on. Get a blonde wig. And just go. Just go to town. I think I think this is actually the scene where Whitney was wearing the metal suit in the bodyguard, if I'm if I recall correctly. Maybe. Hey, whatever. She was she wore a lot of great outfits in that thing. I'm here for it. <laughs> I've been terrified of footprints in the snow ever since. <laughs> but I'm here for it. <laughs> footprints in the snow. You all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you all know. And you've seen footprints in the snow and wonder too. Where's Kevin Costner? <laughs> I need a samurai sword. Can he please cut my scarf for me? <laughs> On this note, oh. friends, thank you so much for tuning in. My name's Mary Larson. Oh, my name is Whitney. And you've been listening to Bridgerton with Mary and Blake. Now go spill some tea. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.